Bigs time. Bigs. With money and haw. Bigs time. The Bigs Report. With Brad Bigs. Bigs time. Bigs. His name is Brad Bigs. Brad Bigs talks football with you. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 of the score. Brad Biggs, the football man of the Chicago Tribune and a longtime contributor to the station as well as a valued friend. And he joins us now from the great state of Alabama. He's in Mobile getting himself ready, getting all of us ready for the, uh, the I guess you'd effectively call it a coaching convention and uh, – and the first uh, process of uh, of the uh, of draft season, and Brad is there, and he joins us now on the Score Hotline, brought to you by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Big Zay, morning, Brad. Morning, boys. What's going on? Well, you are down there, and you are uh, watching all these guys, watch all these players. I, I'm very curious. I I was. Um, I've been reading everything I can online. As you know, huge fan of uh, Mobile and of the Senior Bowl practices and all that uh, that goes into that. You get to just kind of stumble onto a ton of people. Did you go to the seafood dinner? Was last night the seafood dinner? Uh, no, they, they don't have the. They don't do the seafood dinner. No. Anymore. No. Has COVID robbed us of that too. I don't know if it was COVID or. Or what? But they had uh, the uh, caterer for the seafood dinner provided a little something at the uh, breakfast where you got uh, some time with the players yesterday. And, uh, yeah, they do it upright. They really do. Brad, it sounds like you were impressed with a Georgia defensive tackle not named Jalen Carter. I don't know if he was at the breakfast or not, but what did you see from him that uh, persuaded you to want to write about him? Well, Keon White uh, of Georgia Tech is Georgia uh, Tech, excuse me. Yeah, but from the from the Peach State yes, or that, played ball in the Peach the State anyway. Thanks, Keon White, I think, raised in Garner, North Carolina, but he uh, he he's really big. You know, he's over six foot four by a shade. Uh, they weighed in at 280 pounds down here. He's got decent length and uh, a lot of power, and he's still kind of raw. He uh, he was really lightly recruited coming out of high school as a tight end. He went to Old Dominion. Uh, I believe he redshirted and uh, played sparingly when he got on the field as a tight end. And in 2019, during spring ball, they said, you know what, maybe uh, maybe this guy can help us out a little more on the defensive line. So they changed his position, and he took to it right away. I think he had 19 tackles for loss that season, uh, played well in some against some much bigger schools like Virginia Tech and Virginia, and looked like he was headed in the right direction. ODU is one of the few schools in the nation that didn't play any football during 2020 because of COVID. Uh, Keon White transferred to Georgia Tech, had an ankle injury that cost him uh, most of the 2021 season, only played in four games, and then kind of uh, just exploded this past season. A big game against North Carolina. Georgia Tech upset them. So he's, he's disruptive. He's really athletic. And 
I think what the teams are trying to find out about him is how quickly is he going to be able to process stuff and learn and basically be taught. He's still so raw on on defense, but there's a lot to like, and and he's an interesting guy, a player who could have his name called uh, in round one. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm curious when you um when you watch Luke Getze's practices. I I was um reading earlier in the week that that he was kind of running um a slower paced practice than the other uh the other team that he was doing more teaching than you saw the other team was just kind of speeding through practice. Um what is is there a noticeable difference between the two practices and and what do you think of what Getze is doing and seeing? And he said yesterday he thinks it's going to help the Bears. Yeah, well, he's hopeful it can help the Bears because he's hopeful that uh, he'll be able to bring back some some thoughts or ideas on some of these players that he's working with. He's he's spending time with each position group in the meeting room. He's not just sitting in the quarterback room or not just with the offense. So he's he's getting snapshots at all these guys. Now, how much can it help the bears? Well, uh, number one, they've got to be looking at a specific player. Who's got a, whose grade has got to fit about where the bears are in the draft with the pick that's, that will be coming up. And, um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of uh, variables in play, but it certainly could be a factor. I haven't seen a ton of difference between the practices. I will say this though. One thing we heard Luke Getze say multiple times this past season was that the Bears under Matt Eberflus invested more time in practicing the two-minute offense than any team Getze had been a part of previously. Obviously, that didn't necessarily do a lot for the Bears in their two-minute offense this past season, but it wasn't for a lack uh, of effort. The American team, which is being coached by Getze, did an inordinate amount of two-minute work at the end of practice yesterday, way more than the national squad. And it makes sense because the way the senior bowl structure guys, they sort of have a two-minute period at the end of each quarter. So Getze wanted to make sure each one of his quarterbacks were, were put in the position in practice to get some reps at it. I would guess uh, that's something they potentially do. Uh, again, uh, uh, today when I have practice. So, Brad, ton of assistant coaches around. The head coaches for the NFL typically, I mean, not, aren't always there. Matt Eberflus is there. I think Mike Vrabel was there. A couple other guys are somewhat visible. Um, have you had any uh, observations? Can you tell anything about how they, uh, where they spend their time, where they devote their attention, these kinds of things, or is it just kind of random and they're there to basically network? Yeah, the amount of coaches and assistant coaches and head coaches that show up in Mobile has really um, been reduced. You don't see uh, nearly as many. You don't see, you know, you used to see a guy go by and you, oh, he got fired eight days ago. You know, you 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 kind of wanted to say hi, but you figured that guy was there on a mission to try to connect with someone for his next job. it's really not the setting uh, for that anymore. You do see, obviously, the scouts are all over the place, although 
even like used to see the entire scouting department for groups. Some teams, you know, don't bring their pro scouts or only a few uh, pro scouts uh, will show up. They'll have all, obviously all their college scouts. So the teams, I don't think travel with the same numbers that they did before. And they've got the technology to really evaluate uh, these guys as, as they would like. But, um, you know, you see, for instance, Matt Eberflus and Ryan Poles, uh, they, they move around when they're on the field. There's only a certain number of field credentials, but they've been down on the field and in the stands. Certainly notice them keeping an eye on uh, the line play, and that would be both sides of the line, defensive line, offensive line, and, and we all know the Bears have got to get better uh, in those areas in a, in a big way. Yeah, you know, it's it uh, it's obviously fascinating to kind of follow with what, what all the draft stuff that's going on and to look at all of the uh, – you know, when, when we see players come out of this game, not necessarily the great draft picks, but this is the rank and file of the NFL. These are senior players that, you know, if you're looking for uh, linebackers, let's say, these are guys you're going to find late in drafts. You know, just look at – you know the Bears, the Bears last year, Valus Jones, I believe, and uh, and and uh, Braxton Jones, and uh, and Dominique Robinson, and I believe uh, Kyrie uh, uh, Carter. They also didn't Tyree Carter, Jatari Carter, and they also got uh, I think that um, linebacker uh, is it Weatherford, the kid that was cut. Sterling yeah, Weatherford. Sterling Weatherford. Weatherford. From the Colts. I think they saw him yeah. there, and then they picked him up when he was cut. I just think that there's a lot of depth pieces available to you in a game like this, and and uh, and it's a really a worthy cause to have somebody coaching in it because you'll learn more stuff than you know. Yeah, we just can't overstate the the value, right? Uh, because it, it um, you know, it's stuff you can file away. You might not draft the guy, but you'll have something in your ultimate final report on the guy. Uh, because of it, 106 players that participated participated in the Senior Bowl were drafted in the NFL last year. That's oh. a high, high number. And I want to say the number of um, picks in the first three rounds was in the 40s. Okay, so you obviously see a ton of underclassmen be selected in round one. And and they get called in round two as well. But you're right; these are where you, this is where you can get uh, some some rank and file players, as, as you put it. Some guys that are going to be sturdy, dependable uh, NFL players for uh, six, eight, ten seasons. So, Brad, obviously the Bears announced some moves yesterday on their staff. The biggest one being John Hoke returning. To the organization, he was an assistant coach on Lovey Smith's staff in 2009, stayed until 2014. We know he also played for the Bears in 1980, but most importantly, he's a Ball State graduate and former football player there. What does he do to the staff and the secondary? Well, they get uh, they get a guy who might – I mean, this might be the most experienced coach on the staff, right? I think John Hoke's 66 years old. Uh, he's been doing it an awful long time. Uh, there are a couple keys here in my mind. Uh, Matt Eberflus, I believe, interviewed five people for the job. I don't believe he'd worked previously with any of them. And he certainly hasn't worked with John Hoke before. But John Hoke has worked um, with Rod Marinelli, right, who is one of uh, 
Matt Eberflus's greatest influences. He worked under Lovey Smith. Um, Matt Eberflus is running the same scheme. So you got a guy who's going to be able to uh, walk through the door, pick up the defensive playbook, see some tweaks, some some little things that uh, Eberflus and the Bears and Allen Williams like to do differently. But otherwise, uh, he's going to know this like the back of his hand. He's got a, an established track record. Look at what uh, Tim Jennings' career turned into uh, after he arrived in Chicago as a free agent. Uh, following four seasons with the Indianapolis Colts, he became a Pro Bowl cornerback, uh, being coached by John Hoke. So I think there's some uh, real value in that. The Bears were interested in uh, talking to Chris Harris, the former Bears safety for the job he landed with the Titans. They also uh, had interest in Jerry Gray, who went from Green Bay uh, to the Atlanta Falcons. But they end up with John Hoke, who I think it's a really good move. But I will say this. John Hoke will not be able to make an impact for those defensive players if this team does not get significantly better personnel in the front seven. I don't care who you're lining up at cornerback. Uh, if you can't be better up front, your corners are going to be uh, average at best. It's interesting because I, I agree completely with what you're saying. Um I, I just wonder what happened with Chris Harris. You know, he's apparently uh, interviewing for a, a coordinator job in San Francisco, and I suppose you wouldn't you want to you want to make sure that you can't do better before you uh, jump at anything. But were you surprised that they supposedly made an offer to him and then didn't hear back right away? Well, Chris, I think Chris Harris uh, he joined the Titans, so I, I you know he he's with. Um, He's with Mike Vrabel in Tennessee right now, and the 49ers have requested to uh, interview him. And because that would be a, a promotion, yeah, yeah that, that that gets granted. But I, I think it's a situation where either the Titans were ahead of the Bears in the process, potentially, or Chris Harris looked at Mike Vrabel, and the situation in, in Tennessee is one that would be uh, preferable to him over uh, a return to the Bears. So, Brad, it's mock draft season, and I know it creates a lot more speculation, but just wondering what kinds of things if you're hearing, if anything, about Ryan Poles' options with that number one overall pick and whether or not they might not be as plentiful as we expect, and could there be, as the 33rd team's mock draft suggested, the best option remain using the pick on a defensive player. What's the speculation and scuttlebutt about the Bears' overall pick? Yeah, I think I've, I've been trying to, you know, cobble together information on that as I uh, as I run into people here and chat with them. And and most people, the reaction is it's, it's just it's just way too early, right? We're we're sitting here at the very beginning of February. The drafts in um, more than eleven weeks from now, and um, people are just getting going. And so I think that. There's a lot of belief that um, there could be a possibility for them to trade the pick, and and I believe that uh, as well. But yeah, I think there's a yeah you cannot discount the possibility that um, the Bears uh, have to or choose to uh, stay at number one. Like th- that could happen, and um, 
I don't know that everyone's wrapped uh, their mind around that idea yet, but it's certainly a possibility. And in that event, I think they have to go with an impactful player uh, for the defensive front. Uh, um, You look at all their needs, and you you just cannot say that the Bears have a greater need than on that defensive line. Yeah, you know, I agree with that, Brad. Um, Do we have any idea, you know, we talked a little bit about the salary cap going up 8% and and the fact that the Bears have more money than anyone – but is that a bad thing that that perhaps the every team having more money could lead to fewer guys on the free agent market? Will the Bears still be able to get anyone they want without having to pay through the nose? Right? I mean, isn't it? Doesn't the price of uh, of these contracts go up a little bit if everyone has money? Yeah, no, they're going to be able to compete to get anyone they want. Does right. that mean they'll be able to land them? Not necessarily. The Atlanta Falcons have as much salary cap as they could possibly need to do just about anything they want. They're in a similar situation. There's enough teams with uh, plenty of salary cap right now. Some will make some moves to create some more. The Bears will have competition if they are going for um, elite free agents. If a, if a Duran Payne reaches the open market, it's, it's not uh, a formality for Ryan Poles to just reach for George McCaskey's checkbook that he keeps in the top drawer of his desk and write a check to Deron Payne. Like there's going to be a whole boatload of teams in on this guy. So uh, that's where uh, sort of selling the vision, uh, the coaching staff, all, I mean, there's, there are other factors involved. I've always said money's like the first three significant factors for a player making a decision in free agency for some players, it literally is the only uh, factor, but there are other issues that can, can uh, come into play. And uh, the, for any of the top players that are going to get a lot of money, the bears will have uh, competition. All right, Brad, what was your reaction to Patrick Mahomes senior telling the Parkinson Spiegel show that the bears had assured Patrick Mahomes junior that they were going to draft him the other day i i never got that from people in Mahomes camp um leading into the draft or or immediately after the draft and in fact what i had gotten from the camp immediately after the draft and and no one knew right uh, three days a week three weeks after the draft that patrick Mahomes was going to do uh, what he did that um, there was this um, stunned feeling that um, Patrick Mahomes was ticketed for Hallis Hall, and at the last second, there was some sort of uh, shift. You know, I mean, you can you can go back and look at that draft, and obviously, the Bears got it wrong, and they they got it more wrong uh, than was necessary. They they could have uh, they could have stayed at number three and been just as wrong. Right. So um, it's, and it's going to, it's going to pain uh, the bears and the organization until they get a quarterback up and running. That's playing um, even anywhere near uh, the level that Patrick Mahomes is at, which is operating as one of the, 
I mean, he's quickly becoming one of the greatest quarterbacks to, to ever play the game. So, um, yeah, the Bears blew it. Newsflash. <laughs> You're the best, Big Z. Thank you, buddy. Thanks, Brad.